My goodness. Good morning, Avenue Church. How are you guys doing this morning? And man, we are just, we're thrilled that you've decided to join us for today. And I've been waiting a long time to say those words. Amen. And uh, so we're pumped, we're thrilled, we're excited that you're here to our, our grand opening. And uh, I've been thinking a lot about every single individual here. But before I begin, don't we have like just the uh, greatest kids ministries out there in the lobby, all those rooms. And so we have four main rooms for your little ones. We've got nursery, we got two and three-year-olds, four and five-year-olds, as well as K through fifth. Uh, just some great equipment out there. My son, he's five years old, and he tested every piece of toy and equipment in the four and five-year-old room. So it's good, all right? That is a good room to be in as well. So, man, we're just excited that you are here uh, this morning. Uh, just uh, real quick, excuse me, at least that's not toilet paper, amen? But just out of curiosity, uh, raise your hand if you found us through a mailer. A mailer came to your home. We send out uh, quite a few mailers. Thank you so much for being here as well. How many saw us through social media, Facebook, Instagram, MySpace maybe? No, not yet. We're not on Snapchat yet, but we'll try to do that as well. How many came because someone invited you? Someone grabbed you and said, let's go. Let's go to a new church. So we're so excited that you are here. And I've been thinking a lot about every single individual coming here. That coming to a new church is kind of like a blind date. Coming to a, a new church is, is kind of like going to a social event where you don't know anyone. How many know what I'm talking about right now, right? Or uh, coming to a new church could be a uh, kind of an environment that you walk in and uh, maybe your wife grabs you and says, hey, we need to go to so-and-so's house and we're going to uh, have some fun over there. And you're going, whose house? Where are we going? Who are they? Why are we doing this? Now, I want you to know I'm a bit of an extrovert. All right, I like to, I'll, I'll grab anyone. Let's go have coffee. You want to hang out after service? Let's do this. Let's have some fun. But there's some situations that when you jump in, you go, I'm a little uncomfortable. I'm a little awkward. And it's our desire today to alleviate any of that. I don't know if you've ever been to a place, and I think I could talk to a lot of the men in this house, but if you've ever been to a place where you're driving on the way and you're late, how many were late this morning, right? And you're late trying to get there and your spouse or your significant other is, is just cheering you on, right? Like, you, you got this. We're going to get there on time. How many men, we love it when our significant other looks at us and said, you may speed. And she said, glory to God, I will speed. I will get us there. I'll make sure we get there on time. But there's nothing like getting lost. How many enjoy getting lost on the way to a function or an event? My wife and I, were a little bit different. I'm kind of easygoing. She's very uh, structured, and uh, she strategizes everything, what time we need to leave and what roads to take. And it's hilarious when, it's not, not for me, but it's hilarious. If I miss the turn, and it takes longer to pull a U.E. and to come back, when I miss the turn, she'll notify me immediately after we take the turn. You're supposed to turn back there. I said, oh, thank you. And then I'll begin to turn around and say, no, why'd you pull you here? Now, I'm kind of a, you know, I know I'm a pastor and a preacher and a good person, but what I like to do is I'll do a U-turn anywhere, all right? I'll just turn out and say, let's go. I need to get to my destination. Drivers can be mad at me, but not my wife, amen? But it's our desire this morning for you to come to a place and to make it your home. 
Have you ever been to someone's house and, and you walk in and you say, excuse me, you know, where's the, you know, where's the refreshments? Where's the drinks? Where's the food? And, and excuse me, where's, where's the restrooms at? But it's our desire after today for you to come into this home and help yourself right to the fridge. Help yourself right out to the pantry and eat all the snacks you need to eat. It is our desire today that not only will you be comfortable in a home environment, but also you can begin to serve others as well. And so it is our desire to be called Avenue Church to simply make a way for people to know Jesus and to experience life. And so for our first series, we're going to do three weeks called This Is Us. Raise your hand if you've seen that TV show right now. This Is Us. And it's been a great TV show. It's been a great series to watch. Uh, but we really want to introduce who we are as a church. And so to do that, I'm going to go right into John chapter 14, verse 1 and 7. Man, I'm, so, I'm super pumped everyone's here today. So opening your Bibles, we have Bibles we can give away after service. But, man, pull out your, your iPhones, your, your Androids, your iPads. It uh, looks like someone's already plugged in over here. You go to Logos Bible app on the App Store, on Google Play. Also, you can follow along right here on the screens. I'm going to begin to read this. There's the Gospels. The, the Gospels are the introduction of the New Testament. There's Matthew, uh, John, Mark, Matthew, John. Oh, excuse me, I'm nervous. Matthew, John, Mark, Luke, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Thank you, that helped. But these four Gospels are the story of Jesus. And that's what we're all about here this morning. And so here's Jesus in John chapter 14. I'm going to do you a favor. We're skipping 14 chapters today, amen? We're skyrocketing here. And Jesus is with 12 of his disciples, 12 men that dropped everything to follow a man named Jesus. So they've been on this journey with Jesus, seeing Jesus do extraordinary things. But here's Jesus in John chapter 14. Let's read this. It says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house, there's many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you that I go to prepare a place for you. How many know God's always ahead of us? Amen. Let's go to the next slide real quick. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And, where, and you know the way to where I am going. I want you to catch that. And you know the way to where I'm going. Next slide. And it says this. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where we're going. Now, if we begin to fast forward, when Jesus died on a cross and he was in a tomb for three days and he resurrected, he appeared to all the disciples except Thomas. And then he left again. So Thomas is this odd man out. So Thomas shows up and says, what's going on, guys? Why are you so excited? And he said, Jesus was here. He died and he rose again. But Jesus was here. And Thomas was a hater. He said, nah, he wasn't. He was not here. And so we rewind. Here's Thomas. Here's Jesus said, you know the way to God. I love what Thomas says. Lord, I don't know where you're going. I don't know what place you're trying to take us to, but I don't know where to go. How can we know the way? If you didn't know, I, let me see this. And Jesus said to him, I love this answer. So Thomas says, where do we go? And Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. I want you to picture this. Jesus says, you know where to go. And Thomas says, no, we don't. A lot of times at church, right, the pastor's like, hey, we need to do this. And we're like, what are you talking about? And Jesus said, I am the way, 
I am the truth and I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, this is our prayer this morning, and from now on that you know him and you have seen him. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this word this morning. And Father, I'm so grateful for every individual that's here this morning. And Father, I pray you begin to uh, open up the Bibles to us, Father, that we begin to experience the way, the truth, and the life. The Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you begin to anoint this word and help us to get out of here. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Now, I've heard this scripture most of my life. I am the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. I've seen it on Christian t-shirts, poorly designed. I've seen it on plaques and gifts and all kinds of different things. And I've always seen this scripture and said, that's great. That's wonderful. I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. Now, how many know Jesus said, I'm not, I am not showing you the way, but I am the way. I will lead you to the way. And I want to take the scripture out of context because I want to have some fun for a minute. But three years ago, God began to speak to our hearts, and Jesus began to speak to us and say, plant a life-giving church. I said, how? How do I do this? Do I start in a living room? Do I start in like, a, like in an alley and kind of pass all cards and say, hey, we're having church over here. Come on. But how many know when Jesus said it, that he will make a way? That after three years, we're just being faithful. We're being obedient. We didn't hear any, anything else from the Lord. And so we just begin to secretly prepare. That how many know that success comes to those who secretly prepare? And so in that quiet time, in that training time, investing in how to start a church, how to invest in a church, because we didn't want to start a church. We said, God, I want to take over something. You know what I mean? Like at Central, are they, are they tired? We'll take over for them. You know what I mean? Uh, our crossing. And God said, I want you to start a church. And it wasn't until eight months ago we resigned our positions. Eight months ago we took that step of faith. And God spoke to us and he said, the southwest part of Las Vegas. And when we stepped out, we began to see God do extraordinary miracles. i got to tell you what, we were afraid every step of the way. We were terrified, but we had a word. But we knew that he was the way, that he was the truth, that he was the life. Then eight months ago, amen. Eight months ago, we had our first intrasocial, and we were like, we, we thought we were going to toss our cookies all day long. We had no idea who would come, and after our first intrasocial, 12 people signed up and said, we believe in the vision God's called us to this church. Over a period of eight months, from 12 into another number, into another number, now we have 85 adults serving on what we call the A-team. We have over 24 children that are serving in Avenue Kids. How many know a family that serves together will stay together? That we want to use this church to build people. We want to use people to build a church. It's all about him. And so we had 85 adults. We, we said to ourselves, oh, man, we're doing, we're doing great. Jesus is making the way. It's got nothing to do with us. But then we said the location should be easy, you know. So we went to a high school and walked in, and how many know, if you're in this vocation, I love you, but, uh, you know, if you walk in, you're like, hi, how you doing? They're like, oh, great. I'm a pastor. And they go, oh. Like, well, what's up? I'm not going to do an offering or nothing. Chill out. And we went to 16 different schools, and they told us 16 times no. 
We went back to another school. They told, one school told me no three times, all right? I was like, okay, I get it. it. It's me, not you, all right? And out of sheer desperation, you know how, uh, how humbling it is to pump a church and not have a location? You're like, we're starting a life-giving church called Avenue. Oh, great, where is it? Well, we, we don't have a place yet. You know, I felt like our, our President Trump during the campaign, right? Avenue Church is going to be huge. It's going to be amazing. And that was it. Where's it at? I, we don't know. <laughs> My wife said, stop. All right, babe. But out of desperation, we drove by this property and we just pulled in. We walked up to the front desk and a great lady named Julie. And we said, do you, do you have a big room or, you know, like a, like a medium-sized room, a closet, you know, something? And she gave us a tour of this facility. And out of 16 different rented facilities we were looking at, out of four or five leasing properties we were looking at, this was the first time that we knew that Avenue Church would be a 6050 South Buffalo Drive. And we, we walked through it. We said, this is home, and we know that Jesus is going to make a way. Amen. But once we found the location, we signed papers on January 6th. We're launching February 12th. We had to purchase some stuff. So we sat down. We had great support from other churches that are here in Pahrump and uh, various parts of Las Vegas as well as Minnesota. And we had support, and we're doing all that as well. But we just needed some more money to do all that God had planned for us. So I remember I was on a Monday night. I couldn't sleep, and I, I went downstairs, began to pray, and said, God, you said in your word, that I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That Jesus, you will make a way. That next morning, I woke up and said, all right, let's, let's do this. God said it. We believe it. We got a phone call, and there's a company, not a church, but a company in town, said we're going to donate $30,000 to Avenue Church. So through that, through that, this amazing company built this stage that stays here permanently, donated the entire sound system, instruments, uh, microphones. Uh, also, they're going to put uh, motorized blackout drapes, all right, so it could be black and air and lights and hazer, and we could be cool, right? Amen. But just the generosity of that. And then a couple hours later in that very same day, we got an email from a from a pastor named Betty Perez, and he, he began our, be, became our sponsoring church, which means we qualified for $50,000 matching funds. So in one day, $80,000 came to Avenue Church. <clears throat> that you'll always be reminded that Jesus is the way, and he will show you the way. So I got to brag on what Jesus has been doing in this city, not through us, but through this church. You see, the early Christians were called the way. When Jesus said, I am the way, they said, I like that. We're going to take that. And the reason why they're called the way, because the early Christians said, we believe that we're on a journey. We believe we're not at the destination, but we believe that we're on a path to our salvation. We're on a path uh, to eternal things. And when Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I am the life, I want you to notice that they were not, we've arrived, church. They were not, uh, we're a church-titled church. They're, they're not simply, we're a religious church. 
How many know nobody's got time for that? But we believe that when you accept, when you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord of your life, that you are saved and you're a Christian, that's a great, that's something that we will celebrate here. But it's part of the journey that we begin to grow. It's part of the path that we begin to take as Christians. That Jesus said, I have provided a path for you already. I am the way. I am the path. I am the journey. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9 says it perfectly. It said, God saved you. By his grace, when you believe. You can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things you've done so that none of us can boast about it. There's a destination every single one of us need to get to. And Jesus says, I got the path to it. The greatest illustration I could give for the way is simply a light. Now, I have a five-year-old. And he is really good at strategically hiding Lego landmines in our carpet. Our toys, pointy objects. He tends to not clean up all the time. Even yesterday, though, he cleaned up three rooms by himself. We're proud of him. But one evening, my wife, she went to bed, and, and I stayed up a little bit. And I went upstairs, and to be courteous, I didn't turn on the lights. Unlike, unlike someone else I know, but I love you, babe, you know. So it was dark, and I went upstairs, and, and how many have ever stepped on a Lego in, in the dark? It's amazing, isn't it? You step on it, and you know if you're saved or not right there, huh? And you go, why? Right? And I'm deaf, so I'm just loud, all right? But then I'll go get ready for bed, and I'll grab my iPhone, and, and there's a charger next to my, on my, uh, next to my nightstand. And, and, and with all the lights on, I'll take my charger and I'll begin to try to find the outlet. How many know what I'm talking about? If you're trying to plug something so simple in the dark, try to put three prongs into a, three holes in the wall, you know what I mean? Like, like circle, circle, square, square, right? But when you're in the dark, it takes about five minutes, doesn't it? Maybe it's upside down. Maybe it's the other way around. I got to plug this thing in because I need the juice for tomorrow, amen, right? I got a Facebook a little bit longer. I remember one night I was trying to plug it in. I started knocking things over, right? The lamp came over, different things. Some, my wife turned on the lamp. What are you doing? I said, trying to be quiet. <laughs> but when we're in the dark, <laughs> it's easy to get lost. So I got to tell you this, that the road isn't necessarily easier but it feels that way when Jesus is leading the way. When Jesus puts up a light like a lighthouse and he says, son or daughter, this is the way. I'm going to show you how to get to this journey. I'm going to show you how to have a life-giving life. I'm going to show you how to live a life of grace and a life of mercy. Listen to me this morning. I'm not talking about salvation. I'm talking about when you accept Jesus and you become a Christian, you become a part of this church, God's going to say, I have a new journey for you. I have a new path for you to take. In John chapter 8, verse 12, I love this. It begins to really break it down. Jesus said, I am the light of the world, that whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I want you to understand that when we walk into this building, if we don't know Jesus, you're not walking into this building saying, you're bad. Okay, so come here, bad person. I'm going to make you good now. I'm going to introduce you to Jesus, and then you're going to be good. And in order to be good, you need to listen to my rules. That's what it's about here at Avenue Church. When someone walks in and they've never encountered Jesus, we're simply living in the dark.
We haven't fulfilled our purpose. We haven't seen our purpose. We don't know which way to go. That when we walk in, if we're in darkness, truly we're living what's called death. And the gospel is the good news. The gospel will take someone who's in the dark. The gospel will take someone who's dead. It will bring them into life. It will bring them into the light. Our prayer is that you will walk out of this building and not say, that was a great service or that was a great sermon. My prayer for you this morning is for you to walk out of this building and say, I think I know what I'm supposed to do. I believe I have purpose in my life. Why are you saying this? Because this is simply us. In Psalms 119, it says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I have sworn an oath and confirmed it to keep your righteous rules. I am severely afflicted. Give me life, O Lord, according to your word. You might ask, how do I get on the right path? I remember three years ago, God said, plant a church. And you know, when God says plant a church, you got to think of cool names, right? Okay, a cool name for a church. What's a cool name for this? And I remember going to my wife and I said, how about Avenue Church? And she looked at me and she said, that's stupid. (laughs) I promise you, she's she's the greatest encourager in my life, all right? But she's real too, all right? She said, that's trendy. No. Okay, all right, that's fine. We'll, We'll think of something else. Because we're not good at naming things. Our son didn't have a name for one day, all right? We're working on it. And I remember in 2015, my wife said she was driving down the road on her way to a conference. And when she was on that way to the conference, all of a sudden God began to speak to her. And she began to say, Avenue Kids, Avenue Church, an Avenue of Hope, an Avenue of Joy, an Avenue of Peace, the A-Team. And also she went, oh, my, oh my goodness, it's, it's, it's Avenue. It's Avenue Church. And she didn't tell me, right, later on. And also the next morning she said, God's calling our church Avenue Church. And I said, I said that like a year ago, you know. <laughs> but we want to make a way for you to experience Jesus, but also to use practical steps. You see, Jesus never, this is terrible customer service. Hey, where's the bathroom? It's that way. Okay, thank you. Feel like I'm at Walmart again, right? Where's the, where's the you know, the, the books over there? Okay, thank you. You got to understand, Jesus didn't say it. it's, it's that way. The second left on the right, read your Bible. Got to go pray a little bit. Jesus said, I'm the way, and I'm going to show you the way. And Jesus walked up to 12 men that did not know him, and he said, follow me. Follow me. That is our desire here at Avenue Church. And I want you to think steps, not events. I want you to think steps and not programs. I want you to think steps and not a Sunday morning. Then we have what's called growth track. It's a four-step process. Know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. And we're going to do it every single Sunday. Why? Because every single one of us has a step that we need to take. It's not about levels. It's not about religion, but it's about a relationship. The Avenue Church wants to make a way. And so we're going to sit you down and say, what is your next step? We have a disc test, a personalities test, things for you to take to say, what is my area of service? That we don't want to use people, again, to build a church. We want to use this church to build people. I once was heading to a very important meeting. And my iPhone is a wonderful tool and a resource. And uh, I will never go Android. I just can't. All right. 
Well, iPhone's a wonderful tool and a resource, and I was using GPS on there, and I said, Surrey, get me to this address. But my iPhone glitched. It had about 30%. And on my way to the event, all of a sudden, it just shut off and died. And I went, ah, right? I began to talk to my phone like it was alive. Surrey, you don't understand. I really need to get there. I don't know how to get there. I felt like an old man. Like I had to pull over and use a payphone, you know. You have a quarter, you know. But I want to stress this this morning, that when you don't know the way, when you don't know the way, you will lose your way. It's so elementary and so simple, but when you don't know the way, you begin to lose your way. I'm going to close in Luke chapter 15. Jesus begins to tell a series of stories. In one of the stories, he began to talk about a father who had two sons, a father who had two sons. And this is what it says. And the younger son said to his dad, Father, give me my share of property that is coming to me. He divided his property between them. Now I want you to know, when the younger son at that time came to his dad, he was saying, Dad, usually when you die, I'll get my inheritance. Well, I wish you were dead now, so give me my money. And here's the father, a loving father, a gracious father, because you know what I would have done, right? I said, what would you say, boy? Right? But the loving father said, I will divide it, and here's your half. A couple days later, the younger son, he went into the city, and the Bible said he began to have reckless living. He went to the strip and had a great old time. You know, when you got throwing money away, right, you got all kinds of friends. But the Bible said a famine hit the countryside. And when the famine hit the countryside, he blew all his money away. Have you ever made it rain, you know? And then pick it up. Like, don't touch that. Have you ever bought something and then returned it? Like, I'm so sorry. I, I can't afford this. How many remember layaway? And so it said the son, due to embarrassment and pride, he didn't, he didn't go back to the father. But he hired himself out to what, a, a farmer. When he hired himself to the farmer, the farmer said, I'm going to take you and you're going to begin to feed the pigs. That is your job. And the Bible begins to say that when, as he began to feed the pigs as part of his job, he was very hungry. He had nothing. I've always read that portion of Scripture and said, why in the world is he hungry? I would have taken a pig around out back and had a ham, right? As I began to study this, the younger son was a Jewish boy. And because he was a Jewish boy, it was an unclean thing to eat pigs. It was an unclean thing to kill and begin to eat that. What does that have to do with me, Pastor Jeremy? I want to say this morning that oftentimes that we'll go into the culture, and oftentimes we begin to feed and nourish something that will never bring us nutrition. We begin to go out there and say, you know what, I'm going to go my own way. This is not, I don't want to go his way, but I'm going to go my way. And in the course of going your way, you're going to begin to invest in things in your life that will never bring you a return. And so this, young, this younger son says, you know what? I'm going to go back to my dad. I'm going to be this low life. I'm going to be a servant for my father. And the Bible says that while the son was a long ways off, the father saw him. And when the father saw him, the Bible says that the father ran towards the son. Now, back in those days, men didn't run. The father didn't run. He had paid people to run. So, hey, go get him. How many grew up with a dad that you were the remote? Change the channel, boy. Yes, Dad. 
But I want you to understand that the father ran to his young son. He embraced him and he kissed him. And I'm here to tell you this morning, if you've lost your way, the father is not inside the house locked with the lights off. He's not saying you will never come back here ever again. I want you to know this morning that the Father, our Lord and Savior, that he is on the edge of the driveway every single day waiting for you to return. That our God is a God of grace. He's a God of mercy. He's saying, I know you've lost your way. I know you're living in the darkness. See, the Bible said when the son was in the pig pen, it said he came to his senses. That if, you, if you do not conform to the world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You see, there's a scripture in the Bible that says that wide is the way of destruction, but narrow is the path. It is hard, but it brings you to eternal life. I've always read that portion of scripture and said, did Jesus make, make heaven hard? Did Jesus make serving him hard? That narrows the way very few into it. And I begin to realize that it's culture that's made it easy. That culture that says, come on in. We'll take your money. We'll take your life. We'll take, we'll take your soul. We'll begin to nourish that. We'll begin to feed that. But we'll give you nothing in return. And the father embraced his son. No, no, put, put sandals on my feet. Give him a robe. Give him the family ring. And the Bible says this so perfectly, but there's still the older brother. And the older brother came to his dad during the party because the father took the fattened calf and killed it. He brought his servants out, and they began to celebrate. They began to throw a party. And the older brother said, Dad, I've been faithful this entire time. I never took my inheritance and went in and, and, and got lost and came back. And this is what the father says. The father began to say something so powerful. And what he began to say, he said, It is fitting to celebrate and to be glad for this. Your brother was dead. Now he's alive. Your brother was lost, but now he is found. We're going to celebrate today. I ask you this morning, will you give us a reason to celebrate by taking a step? When my son was 10 months old, he's five now. When he was 10 months old, we had him in our in-laws' living room, and he began to learn to stand a little bit. And all of a sudden, he took off towards mom, and he took about three steps, and then he collapsed into mom's arms. He fell. Now, as a five-year-old, I look back at that video and go, he didn't walk. He fell. He took three steps and fell. But as a new parent, you're excited. You're thrilled. And we celebrated. I didn't look down at my son and say, listen, boy, we're the Bosmas. You understand? When you walk, you walk. None of this falling down stuff to make your mother happy. No. We're men here in the Bosma house. When you walk, you walk. And if you fall, don't you dare come back into this house. If you wipe out, you're out. I know you're 10 months. There's, there's great programs for you out there. I'm going to lock the door and make sure you never return. Of course not. Why? Because the Father rejoices, not by your fall, but we rejoice, we celebrate, because you took a step. You took a step. You took a step. You took a step. 
Now, I want to ask two questions real quick. The first question, I want to go backwards. But there's two types of people in this room this morning. That the first type can be the older brother. That you say, I've been, I've been faithful this entire time. I've been serving. I want to ask you this morning, that will you stop looking for the best church and help us be the best church? And will you take a step to say, I'm going to serve and find out what I'm good at, find out what my giftings are? And will you help us reach the city? But the most important question I want to ask you this morning, that if you simply just lost your way, if you're simply living in the darkness and say, this is all I know, I don't know anything else, I want to introduce you to someone named Jesus, to someone who's going to rejoice every single time you take a step, that the Bible says the righteous fall seven times, but they get back up. And that's the kind of church we're going to be. We're going to say, what's your next step? What's your next area? What's going to work for you? And we're going to begin to walk you through this process. But I want to ask you to take that first step in accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes just for privacy? Because I want to respect you. With every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here this morning and you say, you know what, I want to take a step this morning. I'm not asking you to join this church. I'm not asking you to, you know, sign up right away. I'm asking you to accept Jesus into your heart. With every head, body, eye closed, if that is you, I'm going to count to three and I want us to raise a hand and we're going to celebrate. We're going to celebrate. We're going to celebrate. If that is you, one, two, three. Just raise a hand. Just raise a hand. Just raise a hand. Thank you for those hands. Thank you for those hands. Let's celebrate this morning. Let's celebrate this morning. I want to encourage you. Will you stand up with me, please? And we're going to sing. A, uh, we're going to say a prayer all together as a church family. But I want you to bow your heads, close your eyes, and let's pray this prayer. Say, Dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins. I want to take the first step today and accept you as my Savior. Come into my heart and be Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I want you to clap. Let's celebrate.